I just want to, uh, which starts on page 145, just want to clarify, uh, we didn't get to a very important Nada Yehuda, and that is uh, the question of people, when does Avelut start and when does Aninut end in terms of going to a funeral, etc., etc. So we saw that the Yerushalmi says that once a person gives the body over to the Hebra Kedisha, then Aninut stops. If Aninut stops, then theoretically um, Avelot might kick in. Could be. Could be that Avelot could kick in, and that's generally how we pass it. However, comes along the Nod of Yehuda and says as follows. That is true. That is true if the Avelim do not escort the uh, the body to the Leviah and go to the Leviah. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about a situation where the uh, the the family give it over to the Hebrew Kedisha and the Hebrew Kedisha then take the body and go out of town and bury it? In such a case, Aninut stops and Avelut begins. However, says Nim, not a Yehuda, since today, even after you have given it to the Hebrew Kedisha, if the, the family continue going to the Leviah, then we do not say that Aninut has ended. Okay, so Aninut will continue until the end of the Leviah when they actually do the Kfura. And that is generally how we pass them regarding the, uh, how we understand Avelut starts not at when they give it over to the Hebrew Kedisha, it, Aninut continues all the way to the actual for it. If any member of the family... No, no, I'm talking about a specific person. A specific person that is continuing to the, to the Kfura. So he is considered still an Onan according to the uh, Nod of Yehuda, And that's generally how we pass so, him. So if one, let's say one member of the family is in a certain place and they do not accompany the body to the Kfura. Does their Avelut begin then before the rest of the family? Could. Could very well be. In other words, you have somebody yeah. who, let's say, they die in America and they're being buried here in Israel. Okay. So now, but just before I get to your question, uh-huh. there's another scenario. And this is the scenario that, um, that what would happen is, is, let's say a person dies in New York, is going to be buried in, um, in Israel, and you have two brothers. Mm-hmm. One of them is in New York. And one of them is in Boston, right? So the brother in New York escorts the, um, the, uh, the, the mate, let's say, until the airport. Mm-hmm. But he, for some reason, is not going not mm-hmm. to go to the buy. So he starts dealing with the mate for that period of time. And then he basically gets, leaves him at the airport and the buy continues that. For that person... Right, for brother A, let's call mm-hmm. him Shimon, who was taking care of the, uh, of the mate, he was an onen for that period of time, however long that time was until they got to the airport. The second stage was basically, once he had given it over to the Hebra Kedisha, then we say he's no longer an onen, and he can start basically availed from that period, um, uh, from that period, right? Uh, According to the brother in Boston, Ruvain, Ruvain never really started his Aninut at all, right? So when should we 
when should Ruben start his Avelot? Mm. So this is a machloket between the Meshiv Davar, the, the Natsiv, and his son-in-law, Rav, uh, Rav Shapiro, Rav Raphael Shapiro, brought down in the Stei Chemet. Um, no, not brought down in the Stei Chemet. Uh, Rav uh, Raphael Shapiro. Rav Raphael Shapiro basically says the Avelut begins, kicks in straight away. Okay, so, so for brother in Boston, the Avelut would have kicked in straight away. For the brother in New York, that he was doing his Aninut, so he had a period where he wasn't an Avel, and then it kicked in later on. According to the Natsiv, the Natsiv says, no, we wait until the Kfura. Mm-hmm. That the Avelut only kicks in at the time of the Kfura. It comes out yeah. that according for to... Both or? For both. Mm-hmm. It comes out that according to the Natsiv, basically there's no such thing as Avelut kicking in until the Kfura. Mm-hmm. Or if you were Hityashu me, me, uh, me uh, to, to, you know, there, there was Yayosh 9-11. They're never going to be able to bury the bodies, right? So the family gave up hope of ever having a Kfura in that case, also, you can use the Avelut kicks in. But as, soon, as soon as they give up hope. As soon as they give up hope. So if they give up hope, then they can sit uh, Shiva. If they don't give up hope, then according to the Natsib, you have to wait for the, for the Shiva to kick, for the Kvura, in order for Avelut to kick in. According to, um, according to Rabbi Sh- Raphael Shapiro, um, he says it starts straight away, which is what's interesting is that when the Natsib died, his daughter was married to Rabbi wasn't going to the funeral. So the question was, when should she start to avail it? Mm. According to her father, it starts at the, after the Kvura. According to her husband, I think she passed him, she went, whatever, her husband passed him, and she started sitting uh, Avelis straight away. So that is generally a uh, machloket um, which ties in, ties in to our machloket that we saw last week between the Rambam and the Rambam. Uh, this connection is based on Rav Soloveitchik. What was the machlok between the Rambam and the Ramban? The Rambam basically says that all of the halachot of Avelot do not apply to an onen, which basically means an onen can take a shower, right? Before he becomes an Avel, so let's say a person, is fair, a relative passes away, the funeral is going to be at 2 o'clock, he can have a shower at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, once the funeral takes place, right, then he's an Avel and he can't. The Ramban argues, the dinim of Avelut apply also when he's an Onen, except for wearing uh, shoes, because anything that you need to physically uh, look after the mate, such as leaving your house, right, to go in, doesn't apply to an Onen, not because there's no halachot of Avelut, but these halachot would be counterproductive in looking after Tzorchei Amet, right? So basically in Nilata Sandal, leaving your house, those things are suspended, but according to the Ramban, everything else still applies. So that was Machloka between the Ramban and the Rambam. Rab Soloveitchik says, really, it could be that the Machloka is as follows. According to Ramban, Avel kicks in straight away also from the time of Kfura. Right? It's just that there's an overlap of Aninut and then kind of, uh, but, but Avelut kind of starts straight away. According to the Rambam, there are two separate times, right? There's Aninut and then there's Avelut, right? They're two separate things. According to that, 
One could understand this might be the machloket between the Nitziv and the Meshiv Davar. According to the, sorry, the, the Nitziv, the Meshiv Davar, and his son-in-law, Rav Shapira. According to Rav Shapira, what do you mean? Avelu kicked in, right? As soon as the, 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 you hear that the person passed away. It's just that because there was a status of Aninot, you, you kind of didn't do certain things. But the Avelut, you already have a shame of an Abba, right? So if you're not going to take part in any way of the funeral, so start the Avelut straight away, because the Avelut has already kicked in. Shitata Ramban, right? That seems to fit with the Ramban. Whereas according to the Natsev, Shiv Davar, one could explain that no, he holds like the Ramban. They're really, they're two separate times. And the Din of Avelut, only kicks in once the body is buried. And therefore, okay, so you're not an onen, you might not be an onen because you're not dealing with looking after the mate that doesn't turn you into an avil. Mm-hmm. An avil, you need a maisekvura or you give up hope from ever doing a, uh, doing a burial. So that could be the machloka between the Meshul Davar and, the, uh, and the, his son-in-law is also machloket, could tie into the machloket Rambam Ramban. Okay? Um, how do we paskin? How do we paskin? Generally, we seem to paskin like Rav, Rav Shapira, not like the Nitzit, that people that are not taking part of the, um, the Leviya, they would start so their Avelot uh, straight away, right? It could be that if they're going to escort the, the body to the, few, to the airport or whatever, would, 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 and then only, whatever, at some point when the flight takes off or, or when yeah, they hand, you hand it over to the right, then, then, then uh, the dinim of Abelut would kick in. Okay? Um, let us begin this week's uh, topic on page 145. And that is, so that was, yesterday, last week we focused on the laws of Aninot and that tied into it. Now we're starting on the laws of Abelut. And here, it's actually interesting. Is an Abel, is that, we know that Abelut applies for seven days for family relatives. Some of those laws are actually extended to a period of shloshim, of 30 days. And for a parent, some of those laws are extended 12 months. So your basic unit is seven days. That seven days, is this a din, is Avelut a din d'oraita or a din d'rabanan? It's a machloket rishonim. Some rishonim, such as the Rambam and the Ripold, that the first day of Avelut is the Oraita on condition that it's both the day of the death and the day of the burial. Often the person dies on Monday and is buried on Tuesday. According to the Rambam, the first day of Avelut in that scenario would not mean Midoraita, only Midorabana. The uh, Raiva that they don't have to be um, on the same day. And there are other Rishonim that hold the whole din of, uh, of Avelut. Even the first day is only Midrabana. So that's just a general uh, machloket, how do we view it? And there might be some nafkeminas as, as we go through the halachot. Says the Gemara in Masechet Moed Katan, Tana Rabbanan, Elud Varim Sha'abel Asur Bahem. These are the things that an Abel is prohibited. Asur B'Melacha. He's prohibited to do work. Now, this general phrase, melacha, is not necessarily the melacha that we know of Hilchot Shabbos. An Abel can switch on a light on while he's uh, in mourning, 
but it means he cannot work. What we are called today, work, that's what it's referring to over here. And he cannot bathe, over Sicha, cannot anoint himself, over Tafmisha Mita, marital relations, over Nilata Sandal, and wearing shoes, as we'll see what type of shoes. There is a prohibition of learning Torah. But if he was an important uh, teacher of Torah in town and many people needed him, we do not make him refrain from teaching. That is the general framework. There are other Yisurim as well, not mentioned in the Gemara and other Gemaras, but we're going to focus on these. Um, these main topics. So, when it comes to doing work, what would happen, right, uh, if a person is part of a partnership? Mm-hmm. He owns a store, but it doesn't, it's not got sole ownership. He's got a business, he's got partners. What happens in that scenario? So, our Gemarian Masechet Moikatan tells us of the following story. It's Masechet Moikatan, Yudalafam Bet. Marion Bray de Rabin, Omar Bray de Rav Acha Bray de Rava. So you have Marion, who was the son of Rabin, and you have Mar, who was the son of Rav Acha, the, son, the grandson of Rava. And they had a partnership. So they had a partnership of oxen, right, that were, were teaming up together. Itra Bay Milta, Bamar Bray de Rav Acha Bray de Rava. So a, the son of Ravacha, Mar, became an Abel, right? So what he did was he undid his ox from the team of oxen. Now, the other partner, Lichora, can't really do anything because he doesn't have his second ox. Why are you doing that? Okay. You, you, you don't care about losing your own money. But your partner, your partner now is not going to be able to plow the, the field. Why are you not concerned about his loss? We have a rule that if you've hired something out, they can use it. So to in a partnership, why are you making your partner lose? Adam Chashuv shiny, and he held that an Adam Chashuv is different. Now it's quite difficult that answer. What what was Ravashi's time? Ravashi's time is you want to be machmir on yourself. That's great, but you're making another Jew lose. So what's the what's Mar's answer? Mar's answer is yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm an Adam Chashuv. So you're in Olam Chashu. Why is that still, <laughs> you know, what right is that to, to cause him loss? Someone else loss. Because they are a rabbi. Because you're an Adam Chashu, you should be taking care of the other person even in a greater time. Okay, so let's keep that question in mind and we'll try and solve what exactly was the answer Adam Chashu Shani. Okay, that an important person is different. Let's look at the Yushalmi. Yushalmi gives a different answer. Shnei achin, shnei shutvin, shnei tabachin, shnei chen vanim, lechad men, davar. The one, you have two partners, one of them becomes an Abel. Yushalmi says, you have to close the shop, meaning you have to, the other partner loses. According to the Yushalmi, yeah, the business shuts down 
and the non-Abel is also going to lose. But that's, that's you know, like in every partnership, you know, they're going to pros and cons of being a partner. I was going to say, I guess the Svara is that, okay, Reuven loses out this time, but next time, when Reuven loses somebody, Shimon will lose out. And it's sort of Correct. balanced. It's part you go, of you're in the, it together. You go in, and this is part of the dangers of having a partnership. So this is one of the cons of going into, into a, a minus of going into a partnership. That is Yerushalmi. We still haven't answered the Mar uh, why according to the Babli. According to the Babli, it sounds like it's really Mutar, right? Except for an Adam Kashuv, maybe it's a problem. But the, the, the logic is difficult. What's the uh, thing? So look at the Baker said. Yerushalmi that says that it's Asur implies that for it's Asur, and Agamar implies that it's really Mutar. Everyone agrees that no public display can be done for working even in a partnership. But let's say Shimon is the Abel, Ruvain in public, even Ruvain is not allowed to open the shop. But in private, Reuven can carry on selling from his home, even though the profit is going to be checked. When you're dealing with renting out animals, it's not It's not clear that this animal belongs to me. You know, they didn't have stickers that this car is hurts or whatever it is. So, um, so therefore, and that's why this was considered not Befarhesia. What's the right would say? There's no machloket. In private, the partner is permitted to carry on working. In public, he's not. An animal has got the din of private. And therefore, Mar should not have uh, separated his animal. But an important person is different. Why? The itlay kala. Because if he is an important person, they are going to be, you know, all the news uh, uh, cameramen are going to be around the house and they're going to be filming. And therefore, the it like color, it's going to get out that what? So that is the logic of mine. Now we, we asked the question, what's the logic? So because I'm a, a Gavra Rabbi, I can, I can, uh, you know, my partner has to lose out. What's the logic? The logic is no. There really there is an issue even on the partner if it's going to be done in public. The problem is that if you're a celebrity... Then you're in the public. Then you're always in, in the, the public. public so everything that you do in private is also public. And that's what Mar was saying. And therefore, that makes a lot of sense now. Um, and that's really how the Shulchan Paskins. Shnei shutvin chen vanim so you have two partners that one of them became a mourner. And the non-mourner cannot work in public. But if he wants to carry on doing the business deals from his house, that's okay. Even though it's the joint merchandise. But if the Abel is an important person, and the, 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 it's known that this business is under his name, etc. 
Even if we were, the partner would do it in private, it would become known that it was done. And this makes a lot of sense. What do we do to get around this problem? Says the Yalkut Yosef, quoting Rabbi Vadia, Baal Nifal, or Tachanak Delek, a person who's got a factory, got a, got a, um, owns a, a garage. He's going to lose a lot of money if he closes his business for seven days. Best thing is to sell the business for seven days to your partner. Or anyone else. And it's going to be through a proper uh, uh, document, a proper Kenyan. Now this should be done when the sick person is still alive, i.e. when the mourner has not yet become a mourner. etc. But let's say he didn't plan ahead. Right? So According to Rabobadia, you can even do it before the burial. But not after the burial. So that is for, for, for some people who are, have their own businesses, this might be, a, uh, this might be the, uh, an option. What about if there's Sorech Rabin? As in, let's say, Rami Levy was sitting Shiva. But he's serving like a large, large number. It's not just has said that all for himself. Yes. He's serving the community in a very, very big way. Yes. Or you have, you know, essential, a store with essential, I don't know, the one bakery in the town, which for Chalas or Shabbos, you know, something for that, something like that where it's like, let's sorry for Rabbi. Yes. Um, not sure. Not sure. Need to, need to look at it. I mean, we do have a precedent like that regarding Talmud Torah. Would that... Would the posthum extend that to any tzorchei rabim? I'm not sure. That that might be it's a special din in, in in Talmud Torah because it's a mitzvah that you don't want to be mevatel as opposed to other tzorchei rabim. Maybe yes, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't seen it inside. Okay. The next uh, very very practical topic is bathing, showering, bathing, etc. Avel says a gemara moy katan tevtevav. Avel asur berechitza. Right? So um, the mourner is prohibited to bathe. That brings a pasuk about not anointing oneself, right? And we assume that that bathing is included in the isur of, of anointing. Anointing is going to be more chamor, but but also bathing is a is a problem. Uh, what's the halacha? The Gemara in Masechet Tanit Yud Gimel Hilchata Avel Asur Lichot Kol Gufo Bein Bechamin Bein Betzonen Kol Shiva. That an Avel cannot bathe themselves the entire body, whether they're using hot water or cold water. Avel Panav Yadav Beraglav. But if it's just one's face, hands, and feet, Bechamin Asur, one's not allowed to do it with hot water. Avel Betzonen Mutar. It is permitted. Not allowed to do it in the Cholent. In the Cholent. Bechamin. But to anoint oneself, even one limb would be problematic, as opposed to 
here we have a leniency for the one's face, one's um, one's face, one's head, uh, uh, one's hands, and one's feet. There's also special dispensation for color. Um, we won't get into that. Okay. What about lukewarm water? So we said you can't use hot water for your face, uh, but you can use cold water. Says the Pitrei Tshuva, Yen the Sabbatirah, the Moshesh HaKadav, the Gamba Poshrim. Even with lukewarm water, it's going to be a problem. As long as it was heated by a flame, it would be a problem. And first of all, who about hot water? We're talking about lukewarm water. Who, no one burns themselves when they wash their face, right? So therefore, that seems to be the basic halacha, that there's no full body bathing. If you want to use your, wash your face, you can, but that's basically with cold water. Comes along Shulchan Aruch, This is Asur Lichotz Kol Gufo Apilu Betzone. Not wash one's entire body, even Betzone. Abal Panav Yadav Raglav Bechamin Asur Betzone. V'im Ayam Meluchlach Betit Betzoa. However, adds the Shulchan Aruch. If he was dirty, specifically with you know some mud or some feces, Lochetz Kedar Komen Choshesh. In such a case, you are permitted to wash oneself. And then there's no limitation. Whatever is dirty, you're allowed to wash, and this wouldn't be a problem. That's lirchot, not, not sicha. Yeah, lirchot. We'll come back to sicha mm-hmm. in a moment when, when, when we get to the other. Now, um, according, according to the Shulchan Aruch, um, it's not clear are you allowed to use hot water or not hot water when you are yes. getting dirty. rid of the dirt. I didn't say explicitly. Look at the Ramah. The Ramah says, Kol Zemidina. Uh, sorry, just look at the last words of the um, Shulchan Aruch. Rochetz Kedarko. So what would you say that implies? Maybe even... Could be warm water. Could, well, could be warm water. Okay. Says the Ramah. Kol Zemidina. Eno Asur Rak Shiva. The real halacha is, only for Shiva is one not allowed to bath. But after Shiva, one can take a shower. However, our minag is that all of Shloshim, we do not take a shower. How do we paskin regarding A, this halocha, and B, the minag of the Ramah? So it says the Gesher Achayim. Mishu Istanis. Someone who is an istanist. An istanist is a person who is very sensitive. Who is accustomed to showering every day. And if he doesn't, he, has, uh, um, he becomes... Uh, in Hebrew, it's very difficult to define this term tsar. Not physical pain, it's anguish, discomfort. What exactly, how do you tr- tr- translate... How do I translate it? Distressed. Distressed, okay. Distressed is... But it's actually, it's a how to how to, um, how to translate the word tsar in terms of what, what are we talking about. So we'll go with, with distressed. He's permitted to wash in his natural way, in his normal way, even with hot water. Had someone who's got dreadlocks. Some type of thing in his hair, you're allowed to wash with hot water. 
The point is, you have to wash in a way that you're not doing it for pleasure, you're doing it to get rid of the, the, uh, the dirt, or to just make it bearable for a person who's an Easternist. Now, some people uh, feel they are Easternism and would uh, shower during Shiva. Others don't. I think uh, this, I think, is dependent on different communities and different uh, people, even within communities. Although people might consider themselves an Easternist during the three weeks, right, in the nine days, and there they might be more makal to shower, etc., during a personal shiva, often people are more machmir regarding this uh, issue. My personal, I mean, uh, from, from what I've seen amongst the people, although people define themselves as Easternists when it comes to the nine days, when it comes to their personal shiva, they're more machmir. Um, says the Sefer Me'olam Ba'adolam, right, it's a contemporary Sefer of Rav Goldman, Kiyayim Kfar Adunim, now, how does he define that? definitely that in Eretz Yisrael, the Minag is not to follow the Ramah of 30, of 30 days, uh, especially during the summer months. And I think that is generally most, most people, even if they machmer during the Shiva, they are to define themselves as Easternists and not to follow the Ramah when it comes to the Shloshim. Yeah? Um, okay, so now what does the Shulchan Aruch say? Um, when now, now we're just going to back to the sugya of. Um, I skipped the page. Sorry, I skipped the page. Uh, the prohibition of anointing of anointing. So we said that actually sicha we already saw was more chamor, was more stringent than bathing. And uh, the again the Gemara says about la socha pilu koshu asur vim laaber et azuama muta that anointing is prohibited, even one part of the body, even one's face, etc. However, if it's to get rid of some dirt, then that would be permitted. Now, morning in Halakha, which is basically a uh, translation of the Pnei Baruch, which is a very accepted uh, modern-day book on Hilchot Avelu, art scroll translated into a book called Morning in Halakha, right? Um, and here it says as follows, the prohibition includes rubbing oneself with oil or soap, and all the more so with fragrant lotions such as colognes. However, the mourner may use deodorants. This is interesting, it's not in the Hebrew Pnei Baruch, this is in the, um, in the American version where there were certain things that were added. Right? And in the note it says this is a common practice and also follows the ruling of Rav Moshe Feinstein, because the suppression of body odor is not considered a pleasure from which a mourner must refrain. So he, he defines it as basically removing dirt. Correct. Dirt being the the, the bad, bad smell. smell. So you're removing. You're nullifying the dirt. Now I, I I think if I'm not mistaken, you get two types of deodorant. You get a deodorant which is uh, it's called uh, antiperspirant. Antiperspirant, right? An antiperspirant and a deodorant. So it could mm -hmm. be 
that it's preferable to find an antiperspirant, which is basically, it might have a smell, but really it's not like a, whereas a deodorant could, you know, some of them are more like a cologne than, a, than an antiperspirant. So one should definitely try and look for the antiperspirant in this uh, scenario. What about the next prohibition of wearing shoes? Aval Asur Benilata Santal says the Gemara, since Hashem says to Yechezkel, you put on shoes, many of the halachot we learn from Yechezkel. Hashem says to Yechezkel, certain things I want you to act like an Avel, and certain things I want you to do differently from a normal Avel. So this is one of the things that Hashem is telling to Yechezkel to do differently than from a normal Avel. So the fact that Hashem says, oh, but by the way, put on shoes, we learn that an Abel generally does not put on shoes. Now, Torah Adam, which is a sefer written by the Ramban, which is probably one of the most important svarim in Hilchot Avelot in the Rishonim. You have the Ramban, you have Torah Adam written by the Ramban, and you have the Rosh, um, who, those are the three main his explanations on the Gemaras, really many of the of, of Avelot come from those three sources. So here the Torah Adam, the Ramban says, We're talking about leather shoes. But if a shoe that's made out of material, the sandal shall shram, or a sandal made out of cork, that is muta da atam biyom kipurim amrina ananira izirav yishav and levi sheatzav asadal shal sham biyom akipurim. The Ramban is basically saying like this: the laws of neilat sandal are equivalent to the laws of yom kippur, and since on yom kippur we do find that only leather shoes are a problem, so too regarding avedot. Now the question is: it's not so partial to say that even on yom kippur only leather shoes are problematic. Some poskim hold both for Yom Kippur and for Avelot that are, you know, you can get Nike Air sneakers that are mm -hmm. great shoes, very comfortable. They've got, you know, not even an inch of leather on it, right? It's all synthetic. Some poskim hold that that is not, not one should not wear your, your Nike Air or for that matter your Crocs on, on Yom Kippur. Um, and those. But is that because on Yom Kippur we haven't? Uh, an Inui, which is... But, uh, uh, but cro Crocs and Nike are different. Because okay. uh, Crocs, if you walk on pebbles or rocks, you'll yeah. feel it. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so therefore, Crocs would be, I think, uh, from my understanding, would be acceptable. While the Nike, you're not going to feel it. Because uh -huh. it's a very thick sole. Crocs are very thin soles. Yeah, okay. So okay. The, maybe, maybe... So my understanding was that Crocs would be preferable to Nike. Uh -huh. Okay. Be right. But is it different? Then? So we're talking about Yom Kippur. Is it yeah. different than for an Avel? Yes. But this is the Chidush of the Ramban. What did the Ramban basically do? He compared the two. So look at the Pnei Baruch. Some are machmir, even shoes made of wood, that don't have leather. Also made out of material. And this is the Mishnah Burah. So the question really is, is this a cross-reference 
that you can or not. Now, the, the, the Pnei Baruch is talking about Hilchot Avelut, but where did he get that we should compare it? And that's based on the Ramban, right? Whereas others, you could argue that there might still be a difference, that maybe Yom Kippur is a special din of Inui. Okay. Says the Shulchan Aruch, Now, when it comes to, he said, and we generally paskin like this. Um, oh, it's not so clear if we paskin. The Ramah paskins that all the halachot of Avelot apply even when a person is an onen. That means that once a person is an onen, one cannot take a shower. Like the Rambam. Like the Rambam. The Shulchan Aruch seems to go like the Rambam, that basically until the burial, you're allowed to take a, a, a shower. Uh, the Khatam Sofer says even the Shulchan Aruch was Mahmir. The Aruch HaShulchan says no, this is a clear Machloket, Shulchan Aruch and Ramah. But I'm saying even according to the Ramah, who says that there is laws of Avelot, he agrees that certain things are suspended. One of them is shoes. You are allowed to wear shoes when you're dealing with the mat. So now the question is, when, when, do you, when does that end that now you have to put, take off your shoes? Avelut kicks in once you've covered the grave with dirt. And immediately Avelut kicks in, in which case, he covers his head. The Gemara says one of the things that an Avel has to do is he has to do atifatarosh, he has to cover his head. We don't do that anymore. The Yachronim say we don't do that. Already in the Rishonim, they didn't used to do this because of it looks like Kishof, the Goyim, are going to tell us that we're doing some type of voodoo, etc. Mm-hmm. But a person doesn't take off his shoes until he gets home. But now, the minag is to take it off as soon as basically the grave is covered. Gesher Achaim brings down. Basically, that's when the Avelut kicks in. While he's still in the cemetery, he takes off his shoes. The Yoshev Rega Berichok Arba Amot Me'akvarot. He sits for four Amot away for a few moments. Lekabel et Avelot. He has to accept upon himself the Avelot, and then over Ben Shurat Menachemim, he goes walks through the Menachemim, and he's already taken off his shoes, right? Because now he cannot. Vachakach noten ksat af ksat afar benivalav lalech beim lebeito. Sorry, according to according to the Gesher Chaim, it sounds like you just put on some afar within your, but you you can walk home. But the Chazon of Vadya says, "Now, Avos Shalach lo levot etamet magia ad beit akvarot afopish sheim simat agolel chala avelot enocholetz ad shiagiel leveito." Now it seems like most people that I've seen, at least in Eretz Yisrael, basically take off their shoes at the cemetery. Most Ashkenazim. There's more of a reason why not to do it in Chutz Laaretz. What's the difference? Because one of the reasons not to do it in Chutz Laaretz is because it looks strange to the Goyim, right? So because it looks strange to the Goyim, certain halachot of Avelot were cancelled 
because we were worried that the Goyim are going to start accusing us of, of, of voodoo and, 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 and all types of uh, uh, black magic, etc., etc. Those halachot, you know, that concern, obviously in Israel, Baruch Hashem, we don't have to be concerned about that. And therefore, I think definitely in Israel, most people are makbid to take off their shoes already at the, um, at the cemetery. In Chutzar, it's, it's still uh, a discussion, but even in Eretz Israel, you see Chazon Ovadia, Avavad Yosef basically didn't um, hold it in. He said basically you can wear your shoes until you get home. Are you, um, are you permitted to wear then your morning shoes already before the time when the Avilut kicks in? As in, let's say you have the very comfortable Nike non-leather shoes. Yes. So they're comfortable in order to be malavet. Okay. Are you allowed to wear them and keep them on even though you're, when the Avilut kicks in? So you're not... Doing like a ceremonial, taking the shoes off and putting them on, putting on different shoes. I don't think there's a necessarily a ceremonial. It's either mutter or I don't think so. I don't think so. It's either mutter or If you, you hold, if you hold, <coughs> if you cannot wear the uh, synthetic shoes, then as soon as, if following the... No, assuming you, you are permitted, I mean. Assuming you are permitted... So you, you are permitted, you don't you need to, to take them off. You don't need to... No, no. Under the monogram, no. yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, learning Torah. So, says the Torah Tada, some, again, the Ramban, We saw the Gemara says that it's Asur to learn Torah. Why? Torah is Masamche Leib. It sweetens us, right? It's enjoyment for us. And therefore, Sam Chachamim said it's only Asur on the first day of Abeilut. Similar to what we said regarding Tfilin. An Abel cannot wear Tfilin on the first day of um, on the first day of Abeilut. I once had a Shaila, um, and they, they wanted to daven uh, the minion of Abel, the minion at the Abel's house. The Abel was makpid to daven nets, right? All his life, he was makbid to daven eight. So they made the minion to daven uh, nate, um for the Abelut. The problem was, the can, can, can he, uh, no, it was already Lichora the second day. It was Shachrit of the second, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, what was the Shaila? The Shaila was, he was going to put on Tefillin before nate. Mm. Right? You, you put on, when you daven nate, you got to fill in on long before because you have an amida in that, right? Day. What? So it's still, so still might be considered the first day in terms of in terms of the laws of tfilin. So that was a big shyla. It's not so passionate that he could have done it, that he could have put on his tfilin earlier than um, than than nights. Why is it still the first day though? If it's night time, it's already the next day. Unless the kavura was the the kavura was at night, then it's the first. Then it's the first morning. Uh, because I, I'm just trying to remember all the details. Could be that it was my eight la eight. First day is my eight la eight. First twenty four hours. I have to look. I have to check it. Why? Why? Why there was a chumrah? I remember it was a big question. Uh, and when I looked into it, uh, I thought it was actually Asur. Um, but now, now, now I'm trying to work out why we <laughs> said that. It's the next. It's the second day. I can't remember why it was that. So, 
thought it was Asun. Nothing comes to mind now, right now other than May Plate. Um, but Lathe Wave would be a problem many times. Yeah. Not just mates. Not just mates. Um, so I can't maybe, maybe I'm not remembering the when, details. When does the day start? There are like different halakhas of different yarning. When the day starts, it starts in the day or in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Maybe for this, it might start in the day. Doubt it. Um, okay, I need to look into it. But now it says the Torah to Adam. So he says, Alma Mishum the mitzvah who law asur but filin elayom mishon. Nami mitzvah veno asurba elayom mishon bilvat. Sam Chachamim wanted to say, Why did they only prohibit filin on the first day? Because it's a mitzvah. You mevatel a mitzvah, so only on the first day, not the rest of Shiva. And according to that logic, Talmud Torah should be the same thing. The ain ze nachon. This is incorrect. The imkain tashmisha mita nama mitzvah hubona. Marital relations, when it is the lel tfila, wherever it is, whatever it is, should also be permitted. Ela divrei Torah dichtivu masam chelev kol shivahin. The law that you're not allowed to learn Torah applies all seven days, and that is how the Shulchan Aruch writes. Im rabim tshechim lo litlamed mutar v'avat shelo yamid turgeman el yomar la'acher va'acher l'turgeman v'turgeman yashmi el rabim. Uh, basically, the Shulchan Aruch quotes, first of all, he passes like the Ramah, and uh, the, the Ramban, and then he says, but if he's a Hosek for the, for the town, then he is allowed to give a uh, public share. I'm going to um, uh, skip uh, a few of these things, because none of us are, are that great, uh, uh, at least, you know, dependent, to, so, so it might not be so applicable. Uh, these halachot of you know when the rabbi can give the shir. So let, let's go to more uh, general halachot. I just want to um, go to source number 26. The Beit Yosef brings a machloket between the Mordechai and the Ri. The Mordechai says, Yesh Osrim Talmud Torah Shabbat, the Dami Mila Ditsina. Just like one is not permitted to learn to, to learn during the week, says the Mordechai, you're not allowed to learn during Shabbat as well. Why? Because Kilchot Abelut still applies in private on Shabbat. And learning Torah is a private affair, and therefore it should still be prohibited. The Ri said it was permitted to learn Torah on Shabbat. Because we have, an, we have a mitzvah to be sameach on Shabbat. And that's quite interesting. This mm-hmm. seems to be a machloket. This is a big machloket, which we're not going to have time to deal with properly. Is there a, real, is there a mitzvah of simcha for Shabbos? We know Oneg. that there is a mitzvah of Oneg. And we know that there is for Shabbos. We know that there is a mitzvah of simcha, simcha for Yantar. Yeah, however, is there also a din of simcha for Shabbos or not. It seems that this is a machloket Rishonim. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins, and it could be that that's what the machloket between the Ri and the Mordechai is about. But says the Shulchan Aruch, Talmud Torah, have a Shabbatzina, and therefore it's going to be a problem. Avel Lachzora, Avel Lachzora, Parasha, Kemen Shachayav Adam, Lashlim, Parashiotav, Imatzibor, Havak, Kukoreshma, Umutar. However, if you want to just to Shlaim Mikra, the Chat Hargum, 
That is basically like public reading, and therefore that is not, that's going to be okay. But all other Talmud Torah is going to be a problem. Now, there obviously are certain things that are permitted to learn. Just like on Tisha B'Av, there's a whole list of Hilchot HaVeilot, and there's a list of uh, uh, the, the prophecies of, uh, of uh, Yirmiyahu, etc. Those dinim one can learn when one is an adult as well. There seems to be a bit of a machloket achronim. What does it mean you can learn Hilchot HaVeilot? Some people, when they learn can you learn Tzulva Merabanan? Or doesn't, yeah, also people would ask, well, what is so weird? Can you basically learn just the halachot? Or can you start doing pilpulim and trying to work out what is the logic uh, behind these halachot and the machlokot, etc., etc.? So that's not so clear. Sam Achronin said, I can't learn any other way. If I learn, I have to, you know, there's no such thing as me learning kids of Shulchan Aruch. I have to learn, I have to learn. Um, Others felt, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, do chakiras and, and, and you should basically learn what the, the basic halachot, but not, nothing but you, not uh, very intense uh, learning. Okay, what, uh, I'm just, you know, let's skip to shaving, hair, shaving and haircuts, because, uh, I mean, both of these also giving greetings is a problem, but, uh, wow, well, we are not covering any ground. Um... So let's, let's cover at least uh, shaving and haircuts. The Gemara says as follows, source number 33, in the Masech I.e. one of the prohibitions is an Abel is having a haircut. Basically a person is not allowed to have a haircut on one's head, on one's uh, moustache, one's beard, or any part of the body. And basically it's also prohibited, this is one of the few halachot, that the laws of Shiva really extended all the way to Shloshim. And also in the second Katan, on regarding all relatives, you have to wait 30 days before you can have a haircut. But for one's parents, there, basically, it should be 12 months, but we're going to be lenient and allow you to take a haircut when your friends saying, look, you're persona non grata because you're looking very unkept. Right? So because of that, then you're allowed to take a shower. Says the Shulchanar, how do we pass? You can only have a haircut after 30 days. But for one's... Um, one's father and mother, right? until your friends uh, start shouting at you, says the Ramah, now let's say it was uh, the Chagim, uh, you know, a, a month and, and a week after, after the parents, uh, parent passed away, says the Ramah, if people are not telling you that you're being kept, you're looking unkept. You are not allowed to take a have a have a shave, even though it's going to be the chag. The general shiur of how long it means to be unkept is three months. We'll see that uh, um, uh, that the Geshe Achaim adds that look, if if people are telling you you're looking unkept. That you might be able to bring it earlier. 
says the Gesher Chaim, Rol Stam Shir Gara, Kimo Chodashim, El Sharabim Nagim, Ad Machbid Alav Asayar. Many of the custom to wait until one's hair is literally a burden. Now the truth is that the Gesher Chaim, I'm sorry, um, um, it sounds like one could have explained the Gesher Chaim as being a Kula or a Chumra. What do you think? Yeah, no, it could be a kula because he says three months or until it's a problem. Right? So that would be before three months. Well, I think it's the opposite. It's Gimel Chalashim, Elav, it's three months, but Rabim Nohagim Ad Machbila until such a point. That's right. more than three months. Okay. More than three months. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was actually Machme. I think he was actually Machme. However, Yabia Omer, he says, not Mikoma Kom Ladina, Lira, Daktina, Kedibre Marana, Beit Yosef. If you were, even if you didn't get shouted at, you know, you're allowed to take a haircut. And that year is two months. But if people start shouting at you, you know, what are you doing? You're looking so unkept. Even on the day of Shloshim, one is allowed to have a haircut. So that is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. Or people that need to uh, go to work and especially in uh, you know in in Chutzaretz, etc where it might be really um, not acceptable to walk around in a bank with your hair uh, unkept like that so there's more room to be linear. what about doctors um, I think it will be the same thing well why specifically doctors have to part of the uh, they have to hygienically be clean shaven and have their hair has to be kept, can't, can't be unkempt. Why do you say doctor? Is that true? No, I had a beard in the in United hospitals. States. In hospitals? In yeah, no, I had a beard, no problems. They don't, they don't give you problems with beards. Right. Maybe in England, I don't know, but not in the United States. Here in Israel, it's very Oh, here in Israel, the doctors wear sneakers and <laughs> so no ties. Uh, I had a beer here as well. Uh, okay. Top. Uh, first hand from there, it doesn't seem that it seems to be... Uh, okay. Now, look at the Pitre Tshuva. Pitre Tshuva says like this. I am Pitre Tshuva, source number 38. But not be heard that the Sofosha Gadav, the Masha Moshir, Gara, Gimel Chodashim, Hainu, Le'elu, Shem, Galchin, Rak Rosh. That's referring to the head. Aval, Le'elu, Shem, Galchin, Skanam, those who have a beard right, and, and, and are used to shaving more frequently, few garas man katsayate. You don't need to wait three months or until you're right. So here he says, for a beard, it's 30 days. Um, so I, I, I don't know what uh, what's accepted in the in the world or in the business world especially in chutzar you can grow a beard for 30 days but definitely 30 days you can shave after that i'm sure there are poskim that are more lenient uh, than that but uh, okay we'll leave it at that for today okay